This has as much of a chance of being a combustible situation as an absolutely successful situation. Here's what's interesting, is that you have an insecure Kevin Durant who's won one and lost one even though it's no fault of his own as Achilles came apart. You have Kyrie Irving who has won one. And you have James Harden who will be a lightning rod until he does win one. We're about to find out just how important winning is to James Harden. Welcome to the Waterboys Podcast, another edition of our great show on Watch Mojo. Julian McKenzie here. Frank Pavan is also here. Say hello to the people, Frank. What is up, everyone? Uh, episode seven, as uh, Julius, Julian, Julius. That's that's your new name, apparently, this week, Julian. Okay, uh, I have an anecdote <laughs> with that. I have an anecdote with that. Okay. I um, went to the movies back when we were still allowed to go to the movies, and uh, I was with a friend. And this one woman had heard me in a row, like, behind. And after the movie we were watching was over, she came up to me and she's like, Oh my god, it is you! I recognized you! I, I wanted to just approach you and, and, and just introduce myself. Oh my god, I get to I finally get to meet Julius Calvin. Well, it was Julius Calvin. Who, I don't that? know who that is. I don't know who that is. Still That's to this day, you have no clue. Was. Still to this day. I don't know no who clue. that is. I don't, I, I don't know. So, so it's really funny that you said Julius. Yeah, sorry about that. That was a slip of the tongue. How, how have you been? How was your weekend? My weekend was good. Uh, the NFL football playoffs. I don't know why I had to add football when uh, the fo- the football is already in NFL. But let's just go with it. The playoffs uh, were pretty good. The NHL season uh, underway as well. Uh, the NBA, obviously. Uh, in the last few days, we've seen James Harden finally get his wish and go to Brooklyn. There's been we've we have not been short on news, Frank. The, the sporting world, of course, with, with game, NBA games being postponed as well, uh, it's been a bit of a wild time these past few days. Deshaun Watson hmm. looking to, to get out of Houston. It has been – look, we're only like, what, like two, three weeks into 2021. Huge news. Kind of, kind of speechless here. Yeah. It's a bit wild. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, I'm very much, you know – Trying to make sense of all this you, as a sports person. You know what's crazy, Julian, is we we in a matter of maybe twenty seconds, you you named what three different sports that are all going on ar- around this time of year. And first of all, us fans are super lucky to be having that many sports going on during a global pandemic. But uh, our guest on today's episode, we literally put him through a sports gauntlet uh, of questions. We did not. Yes, st- we did. <laughs> we did not care about the order. We just said, hey. NBA here, NFL there, NHL there. It was just, it was a gauntlet for for uh, Arash today. Oh, man. You're absolutely right. And yes, Arash Madani from Sportsnet uh, was is our guest for today's episode. And we did put him through that. What's funny is uh, Frank and I, we put together questions uh, for all the guests that we have on this show. And we do our best to follow the order. But we found ourselves, I think, pretty much in the first few minutes where it's just like, okay, we started with these few questions. And then we started spilling into all these other different sports. So you may hear me being like, yeah, I want to touch off on this later. But, you know, we're talking about it now. And I'm not saying that it's like, oh, no, this is such a bad thing. This is just how excited we were to talk sports with Arash, a guy who Sportsnet has used to cover so many different sports for them. And if you follow him on Twitter, which you should, 
you've undoubtedly uh, come across his knowledge on on just about everything. So I'm really excited uh, for everyone to hear our conversation with Arash. He, he provides a lot of opinions on on what's going on in the sports world and and how they're even making a way through through the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, it, of course, it is a very weird time with, with leagues trying to make sense of all it in the NBA, of course, trying to postpone games. But uh, it was cool to hear Arash's perspective. And we also have more lighthearted stuff as well. We get some stories on how he uh, became a Minnesota Vikings fan and how he became a Columbus Blue Jackets fan. I think, for my money's worth, for, for sports fans... Those are two of the most random franchises you could be you could be fans of all at once. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have to put them up there for sure, and in, in a, like a top five most random teams for sure, at least in North America. But yeah, at least uh, no, regards it's, to North American sports. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely for sure. Um, man, yeah. But just before we get to that interview, though, I had this question pop up into my mind, and for those okay, don't want to hear Frank's weird question. Go ahead, skip to the to the interview, and enjoy it, but. Man, I, you know, like we've watched sports. I've wa- been watching sports and playing sports my entire life. Okay. Okay. But yeah. there's one thing that's co- like kind of crept up into the back of my head all the time, and I, I've just wondered, but I haven't had a person to ask it to. When so, when so you players, decided to ask me this question? Yeah, which the person <laughs> who probably may not have the answer, but hey, why not? We have a, a platform here. Let's talk about it. When the, when these athletes sign these one year deals, are they? Are they getting paid three six five, like even off season when they're just chilling or going to like? Is it just or you know? Do you know anything about that? Because I this it might um, sound so rudimentary or stupid, but I have no clue how like the specifics of player contracts work. This sounds like we should get like a player agent to actually go. We should have I mean, asked Bob McKenzie. My- That's what who we should have asked. <laughs> That's a very fair point. You could also go back to that episode, episode two of our uh, of our glorious podcast. Um, I would imagine that uh, in the contract they have the dates kind of lined out from uh, how long they'll be uh, with the team. You know, from which date to this day. Of course, we simplify it and say one year or three years mm. or five years. But uh, I would I would imagine for as long as they're under that contract, they're getting paid. Right. Yeah, because I mean, it's just it's funny because it's like the, the these seasons don't last a full three six five calendar year. So, but I mean, they are employees. They must do what they've got to do for a, a full year round um, uh, schedule. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I was leaning towards yes, it's a full three six five type of thing. But it's just some one of those things that's like when you think of it of it in the perspective of how long the season is. It's it's uh, it can get tricky, but yeah, that's that Frank's my... weird question. Yeah, we need to get that maybe sponsored. It'll be, Let's make that a maybe. Yeah, maybe it'll be a weekly occurrence. Who knows? Hey, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with talking weird, fun stuff. I mean, this week it's this. The next week it's uh, what was that weird underwear story you were talking about the other week? Remember Are we that? Gonna get into that? Are we gonna get into it again? We don't have to. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like you know, yeah, Frank. Yeah, it's I, true. I'm learning I'm, a. I learn a lot about you through doing this podcast with you. So I think any opportunity for, for our listeners to learn more about you, uh, all the better for us here at Watch Mojo and for the Water Boys podcast. Yeah. Um, let's let's also, you know what, we, we, you know, we can always learn about you, you know, for other episodes. Let's take the time yeah. to, to, to get to know Arash Madani a little bit more. Without further ado, guys, let's talk to Arash Madani. 
I'm really excited about the guest we're about to talk to today, Arash Madani from Sportsnet. If you are based in Canada, you've definitely seen his work on television. This is a guy who's covered just about everything in sports. I'm, I'm talking World Series. I'm talking Olympics. He's participated in Hockey Night in Canada coverage, uh, Super Bowls as well, the NBA Finals. This guy is an absolute pro, whether it's writing or his video essays, his sideline reporting. He's one of the best pros in our business, and I'm very thankful that we have him on our show. Uh, I've gotten to speak to him and meet him a few times as well. I'm, I'm thankful for that as well, and I'm really happy we get to talk sports with an absolute professional in Arash Madani. Welcome to the Waterboys podcast. Julian, I appreciate the introduction, man. I'm going to hire you as my agent coming up pretty soon. Okay. Well, I don't have that much to do, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk after this. We'll talk after this episode finishes. Like uh, it. Let's let's jump right into these questions here. We know there are a whole bunch of sports that have returned, and they're trying to make their way through amidst the coronavirus pandemic. I'm just curious about your your own personal thoughts with with sports trying to, you know, go about as business as usual. Of course, with with the pandemic kind of rolling through. Well, what's the age-old expression, follow the money, uh, follow the money. That's that's why sports is happening right now. Uh, you know, Gary Bettman coming out, what was it last week, saying, yeah, we're doing this out of the goodness of our heart for our fans. Uh, come on. Um, look, the NFL makes off its broadcast deals. Each team makes almost $300 million uh, per team from the broadcast money. That's before they sell a ticket or a popcorn or a Coke or a parking spot or a corporate suite. And their salary cap is $198 million. So uh, that that's why sports is going on. Now, if you want to get into the morality and the wondering why this is happening amidst a public health crisis, uh, look, there's so many different layers to all this, just like everything with COVID-19 has had. But I'll tell you what, even as somebody removing myself from the sports media scene, guys, mm-hmm. I'm grateful we had four football games on the weekend to watch. Um, it's, it's provided some sanity. And last night watching Tampa and New Orleans, I was thinking to myself, man, what are we going to do after next weekend? Um, it's glad we have sports, put it that way. I'm, I'm with you on that. The NFL, it's kind of weird to say, but just watching NFL red zone these past few weeks has done very good things for my mental sanity. So I'm in, I'm in the same boat as you Arash. What are we going to do once the NFL season stops? Yeah, I have no clue. Watch hoops, I guess. Watch some. I mean, yeah, some NHL. sports to watch, but I, yeah, there is NHL too for sure. I, I'm glad you brought up uh, Gary Bettman explaining that it would be cheaper to uh, to not go through with an NHL season, and and I know you kind of mentioned that in your in your previous answer here, but I'm I'm still just a little. I, I get it with the NHL; they they're in the spot that they're in, but it does make financial sense for them to play through this season, right? And they were able to get all those sponsors, right? It depends who you ask. I mean, it's still a league that that gate revenue is 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 so vital to the you know to driving revenues for them. I still think there are multiple, and purely guessing here, guys, around a third of the franchises that will lose money this year. But not playing, what kind of long term ramifications may that have? Let's remember, Seattle's coming in as the 31st franchise. Their expansion fee is $650 million. As a league, you cannot be out of sight. Out of sight is out of mind. And at a time where 
sports leagues are still trying to capture the interest and you know the time people's time to invest into it you can't just disappear for a year and expect it to be business as usual and all systems go when you return so it is it is one of those deals where you want to remain in the consciousness on the landscape uh, to make sure that this thing is going to continue to to grow and thrive as a business and that's why i think uh, you know, it's not apples and apples comparing the CFL and the NHL, but the CFL disappearing for a little while, I think they're going to lose some of the casual fan. Hmm. Okay. All right. And, um, you know, following the NHL, NHL season a little bit more, um, obviously nothing huge yet. They're going through the normal weekly process. Some teams playing, some teams not. It's just going to be part of the, um, I guess, the stuff we're going to have to get used to with the NHL. I always said, I actually said it last week, I think us NFL fans seeing NHL reporters tweeting, oh, going through protocol, uh, COVID protocol, that's nothing new for us. That's just stuff that we've been used to all uh, throughout the past couple months. But following one team in specific, there's been a bit of, of um, I guess you could say drama, um, unexpectedness, uh, is the entire uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois situation in Columbus. Obviously, business... Business is as usual here. There, there's going to be some drama. There, there might need a trade to happen. We don't know when exactly. But I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Um, obviously, this is a very highly uh, touted individual, someone who was uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets invested in quite highly a couple years ago in the draft. He just came off of a recent um, contract signing with the team, yet there's a rift there, clearly, with uh, Tortorella and Dubois. I just wanted to t- hear your take on it and and you know what direction... You, and how quickly you think see things evolving? Well, I, I don't look at this as Pierre-Luc Dubois at all. I look at this as Pierre-Luc okay. Dubois and Josh Anderson and Bobrovsky and Panarin. And now we're seeing a real pattern with the Blue Jackets and four significant players. I don't know if we call Dubois a star player. I don't know if we call Anderson a star player. Um, I wonder the generational divide or the generational gap, how much that's now uh, different with, with old school ways and, and the, the new player. You know, I thought Randy Moss made a really good point this weekend after Deshaun Watson came out and said what he said. He said, you know, the, the days of players being told to just, you know, shut up and go play ball, that's done. And the athlete's voice now is is different and matters. Chase Claypool came out and said, hey, those are the old school people saying, stay quiet because we, we have to represent ourselves and represent our brand. John Tortorella doesn't sign up for any of that. So, I, I, I don't know. Look, John Tortorella's the hell of a coach. Columbus has overachieved. They swept Tampa two years ago. They beat Toronto in the first round of the playoffs uh, last year. But, the message isn't getting through the way Tortorella wants it to. And um, so I don't, I don't know what, ch- what happens and what changes. I wonder if, if these are some instances of the canary in the coal mine that before management, ownership, even coaches ran the roost. I wonder now if, if the player has a lot more... Uh, a lot more power, a lot more sway, a lot more significance 
um, to how organizations run than they ever have before. I have a question about that. Well, actually, two small questions here. One, uh, when you hear about the Pierre-Luc Dubois saga and you list off all of the, uh, the different players in the past who have left, does that affect your belief in the Columbus Blue Jackets? I know you have that on your Twitter bio. <laughs> um, I'm a Blue Jackets fan. and It's a long story. Uh, look, it, it's, it's an interesting question because it's going to be very difficult for Columbus to attract free agents. Unless you're going to bring in older guys, family guys, it, it is not an attractive city for young free agents to come to. And you think about the stars that they've had over the years, for the most part, they have either been drafted by the team or they've been acquired by trade. And most who have been acquired by, by trade haven't re-upped. You know, Matt Duchesne is gone and we can go on and on with, with, with the rest of them. So I, Columbus is an interesting story because in terms of playoff success, back-to-back years of winning one round. Uh, how many teams in the NHL have done that? And yet uh, here they are having some of the same kind of headaches that a lot of other organizations have too. And, and the second question I want to add, which is a bit more serious, um, with a Pierre-Luc Dubois, his situation, obviously, if he wants to find out, uh, if he wants to get his way out of Columbus, there's been reports suggesting that he may want to play in Montreal, he may essentially want to put himself out and, you know, find his own destination. And that kind of makes me think of another situation you just brought up as well. Uh, and I hope we get into more detail by the end of this episode with Deshaun Watson, where he's looking to get out of Houston and he's trying to find another place. The fact that players are in a situation now where even if they may be on a contract and they're still trying to dictate where they want to go. One term that I heard, especially with the with the Watson situation, is that this is kind of like an NBA-style trade or an NBA-style kind of dealing. What do you make of, of people who kind of see what these athletes are trying to do in other sports and are kind of trying to correlate it to, to what's going on in the NBA by, by marking it as an NBA-style trade or an NBA-style dealing? Like, what do you make of that? Well, I think they're two separate things. Um, one, if I'm Columbus, I'm going to get the best deal I can for my team. If I'm Houston, I'm not trading Deshaun Watson. How many franchise quarterbacks are there in football, guys? Mahomes is the best. Deshaun's right there. I guess now we put Josh at... Okay, so it's it's crazy, right? The NFL. I'm watching the NFC playoffs. You have a 43-year-old, a 41-year-old. What's Rogers? 38. And then the AFC is all the early yeah. 20s, mid-20s guys. Baker Mayfield was the oldest guy in the AFC in the playoffs up until he got eliminated. Well, I mean, no, there was Big Ben. Sorry, um, Julian. Had to... <laughs> sorry. I mean, I mean in the round. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. It is so difficult to find a franchise quarterback. So if you have one, why would you trade him? Because it's so difficult to find the next one. And I understand he's not happy. I understand he's disgruntled, all those kinds of things. But Nick Casario coming in as the GM, his job is now to make Deshaun happy and build a team for him. And I know they traded the first-round pick that's number three overall for Laramie Tunsil. I know you've given up a lot of draft capital, but you do not win without a legit quarterback. It just doesn't happen. It's impossible. And so 
uh, I just don't see I, I know the question, Julian. I just don't see when you have a franchise quarterback, uh, a team trading him unless you're going in a completely different or direction. And by the time you get, you know, you, you feel you'll be a quality team, the quarterback's better days are behind him. Deshaun still can be one of the premier players in the league in three, four years from now because we're seeing dudes who are 43, 41, 38, and 39 still play at a high level. I want to focus a bit on the NBA for these next few questions I have. Uh, we know with how their season has been going, they've been trying to deal with games being postponed. Uh, what do you make of how they've been handling it? And do you see a situation where the NBA might actually have to pause their season? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think the virus is going to determine that. I think the, the breakout is going to determine that. I think they will go out of their way to do everything possible not to. Look, I, I, I equate what the NBA is going through right now with where baseball was the opening month of the season. Uh, it looked like baseball was a runaway train and we probably weren't going to have a full season. We weren't going to have a playoffs, whatever. And then the league called the Players Association and said, listen, if you want your guys to get paid, we need to have a season. So this means these guys have to be locked down. I can't speak for any other team, but I can speak for the Blue Jays. When the Blue Jays were on the road, uh, if they, they couldn't go anywhere other than the ballpark. If they wanted to go get a coffee in the morning just to leave the hotel, they had a couple of compliance officers, former law enforcement people. They would have to set up an appointment with the, law, with the, with the compliance officer, leave the hotel with him, walk down the street to a coffee shop, get a coffee to go, walk back, back to your room you go. And, and people bought in. Charlie Morton of the race said, when we were at home, guys bought in so much because we, we realized we we're on the cusp of something special after they won the American League pennant that some players were living downstairs in their homes while their wife and children were upstairs. They were quarantining at home because they knew any exposure to them, you know, the rest of their families being out in the, in the public, that could lead to a positive COVID test and you know, disrupt everything. So if they really want to do this, it, it turns into how willing are we to totally lock this down? It is an inconvenience. It is a pain in the ass. It is, it is brutal. It is boring. But you're being paid a lot of money to make that sacrifice for a few months. And there are a lot of people in worse situations than you. So if they can understand that perspective and buy into that, there's a better chance that the NBA can continue. Otherwise, we have, what, 15 games already, I think, uh, disrupted and postponed and canceled. There may be more coming up, and it's, it's dicey. Yeah, it's very dicey, but the alternative would be to be in a bubble for 10 months and be away from your families. And it's very clear that the NBA players and player athletes from pretty much every walk of sport do not want to be in a situation where they're in a bubble for a prolonged amount of time. I, I want to move on to the Toronto Raptors here very quickly. Um, they're a team that has had a rough start to their season. Uh, they won back-to-back -back games for the first time this season over the weekend. And what's funny is... As much as we've made a big deal about how they're they're not playing well or they've lost all these close games, uh, as of this recording, if memory serves, I think they're only a game out of, of eighth place in the Eastern Conference. They still have a chance at being a playoff team. What have you made, obviously you being in Toronto, 
how what were your impressions of of seeing Raptors fans kind of freak out over how this season is going even though it's still the early part of the year and they still have a chance at making the playoffs it's it's amazing uh, perspective and sample size seem to be just gone in, in today's <laughs> social media world in today's hot take world in today's knee-jerk world shoot from the hip world uh, the Raptors not even 20% of the way through their schedule. And we want to determine after no preseason and a modified training camp and a number of changes to the roster, exactly what they're going to be after a handful of games. Um, want to make a, a referendum on, on Pascal Siakam's future based on two weeks. Um, you know, I thought Nick Nurse made an interesting point after the West Coast road trip when they went one and three. He said, we're playing a lot of 50-50 games. It'd be nice to just win one of them. Um, because they hadn't won any of them, and then they get Charlotte, and they nearly blew it the first game uh, with the Hornets in the back-to-back, but they ended up winning two of those 50-50 games. Look, the Raptors will be fine. They're probably in and around a five or a six seed in the East. What are the Raptors? They'll probably win a round, and, uh, and then who knows what happens. But it's, this is a season where you – a season, not a month, a season – where you have to find out exactly who you are and what you have. And I think there's less pressure on them because they're not in Toronto, because it's, you know, they're a little out of sight, out of mind. The fact you don't have to sell tickets, although it's the hottest ticket in town. Uh, But to me, this season is about Pascal and it's about Fred and it's about OG. And you're going to, you're going to know by the end of the year, exactly who they are, what they are, what they're capable of. And if you can build around them. And so that, that to me, is what this season is about. Arash, uh, we've got a bunch of baseball questions. Uh, but before I get to that, one last one in the NBA. I'm not sure how big you are in terms of memes or how many memes you follow. I think of the uh, the James Harden Brooklyn Nets situation. Uh, there's this one meme I see of this one kid who's putting fries in, like, this hot pan in the kitchen. And he has the heat on high. And he throws all of these fries in the pan. And everything just starts catching a flame. And he's all like, oh, my God, no. And he's freaking out in the kitchen. That is exactly how I feel this Brooklyn Nets situation is going to go with having Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving all on the same team. Arash... I consider you to be a person a bit more in the know than I am and a bit smarter than me. Am I right? Am I wrong? How do you feel about how this Brooklyn Nets situation could transpire? Well, I am not very intelligent, but I do know there's one basketball. And I know that James Harden likes to dribble that basketball a lot. And I know that Kevin Durant likes to shoot that basketball a lot. And I know that Kyrie Irving likes to do both. And at the end of the game... Who gets the ball? At the end of the game, how is all this going to unfold? Steve Nash, you knew what you were getting yourself into, man. You knew exactly what what this was going to be. Uh, And that was before Harden got there. And now, you know, you knew there was a chance. Um, This has as much of a chance of being a combustible situation as an absolutely successful situation. Here's what's interesting is that you have an insecure Kevin Durant who's won one and lost one, even though no fault of his own is Achilles came apart. You have Kyrie Irving who has won one. Mm -hmm. 
And you have James Harden, who will be a lightning rod until he does win one. We're about to find out just how important winning is to James Harden. And if winning matters more than him getting his, just having one basketball won't be an issue. But if that becomes an issue, then we really start to wonder what's most important to James Harden. Well, I mean... And and how do you think? How do you see him playing out? How do you do you see I mean, him playing with a bit of fire? I mean, yeah. Look, there's. I bet Steve Nash doesn't know. I bet KD doesn't know. I bet Kyrie doesn't know. That that maybe James Harden doesn't even know. I mean, it comes down to what what James Harden wants and how important this is to him, and yeah, and what he's after, and and all those things. So, uh, yeah, there's no way of really knowing. Yeah. Switching gears though a little bit to another sport that just is not shy to dish out a bunch of cash. Uh, the MLB, um, there was a considerable amount of noise going around uh, during the offseason with with all the potential free agent names, particularly uh, Toronto, the, the Blue Jays being tied to a few of these names. However, uh, as we know now, Francisco Lindor uh, did not land there. DJ LeMayhew did not land there after he signed a mega deal with to stay with the Yankees. There's still a few uh, big names out there, such as Trevor Bauer, uh, George Springer, even Marcelo Zuna, if people are interested. What, uh, what do you make of all this in terms of uh, the Blue Jays in, in free agency? And, you know, there, with all of this, this news stirring, um, do, you, do you see maybe the, the fan base giving a bit of backlash if they don't land at least one of these big names? Well, let's remember Lindor was not a free agent. Lindor was- oh, excuse me. That was a trade, of course. Of course. So- yeah. Look, the Blue Jays are going to have to overpay for a free agent. They have to overpay with money, and they have to overpay with term. They got Hunjin Ryu because everybody offered three years around $20 million, and the Blue Jays offered four years times $20 million. The reality of the situation is that. What I'm told is what, what the Blue Jays want the narrative to be is that their uncertainty about this season and where their home may be is not that much of a factor with free agents because they're going to be signing a four or five year deal. Um, again, with a free agent, everything is an individual thing. What's important to you? Is city important to you? Is your family situation, if you have one, if you're bringing a partner and children, is that significant to you? Or is just money or a situation or is how competitive the window is and what are you going to be surrounded by? And if you're LeMahieu and you're a middle infielder, who do you want to play with? All those things are significant. So in the Mark Shapiro era, which is, which is now into its uh, extension, Mark's been here five years, time flies. That's a long time. That's a long time. You just signed a five-year extension. We have not heard the Blue Jays be linked to as many free agents. Apparently, they're the bridesmaid. They're the runner-up to seemingly everyone, although George Springer's still kind of hovering out there. Um, I was told that they they have had conversations with every level of free agent. The top-end guy, the middle-of-the-pack guy, and the, and the bottom guy. We're only now starting to see uh, some movement. But they're... While they have spoken with Trevor Bauer and Corey Kluber's already been, uh, been scooped up, I will say this, guys. The, the sense I got is that they have five catchers in their system. If they are able to sign JT Real Muto, I think they'll go Real Muto Jansen as their one-two catcher duo 
And then with uh, the Alejandro Kirks of the world, who's still among a top 10 organizational prospect, they can use that capital of trading some of their young catchers to then go get pitching in the trade market. I think that, that may be how they go about it. But they remain in on Springer as of Monday afternoon. Uh, they remain in on Real Muto. And they, they want to address pitching at some point, but it's not as much of a priority now. Um, it would be if, as, as this thing unfolds. It's just crazy that here we are the third week of January and the free agent market has been as quiet as it has. What I want to know for Toronto is how much is the uncertainty about where they could be playing this upcoming MLB season, how much of that could be a factor for, for free agents who are, are being approached by the Blue Jays? Again, it, it, it comes down to each individual. So does that matter to George Springer? Maybe, maybe not. They, there's just uh, what I've been told. And, and when I say this, what I've been told is this is what the organization wants to have floated out there is that for a lot of these free agents that hasn't been a significant issue because they're signing a four or five year agreement. So where they may be for the first three or four months of four or five years is not that significant. Other reports are saying, yes, that is, that is um, something that has come up, but I think that's an individual decision. You know, what my preference is may be different than what yours is, Frank, what yours is Julian. So, Everything comes down to an individual thing. I believe that the season will start in Dunedin. I think the Blue Jays are hoping to be in Toronto at some point. Uh, but where the virus count is, what the numbers are, where the vaccine rollout is, what the border situation may be uh, in March may be different than it is in June or July. When will the Major League Baseball season start? Like all these questions we're asking are all COVID-related. It's not a regular off season, so it's just so hard to know because it's unlike anything else we've ever seen or gone through. Yeah. Switching uh, from the East Coast over to the West Coast uh, to the MLB, I wanted to speak to you about one team in particular who's creating a big time buzz. Who I mean, I, it's the, I mean, they're finally putting themselves on the map, and that's the San, the, the San Diego Padres. Um, you know, just all the names that they've they've acquired you just look at their their pitching rotation their their starters they've got clevenger darvish now uh blake snell um and of course um i believe oh chris paddock of course um and then on the field you've got machado and tatis these are these are names that are are, are huge names diego. in the sport hey pardon you got slam diego <laughs> Slam! Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I didn't hear that. I like one. that nice. name. I like right. that name. What uh, you know? Are they finally that team that's going to give? That's going to be competing toe to toe with the Dodgers for the NL West? I do. I believe so. And yeah. I, I thought that last year was the uh, the walk before you run year. The Padres got in. They get to the divisional series. They go toe to toe with the rival. The Dodgers were the vets. They were the big bad. You know, the big bad blue and white guys from yeah. Chavez Ravine who have been there, done that. Been to a world, been to a couple of World Series, and uh, the Padres got a taste of what October's all about. But they had to take the next step. They, you know, um, that the Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers feel like they got old quick, but they're also getting David Price back. So um, the NL is going to be awesome. Yeah, Atlanta's gotten better. Um, Atlanta's in more another year experience they took LA the limit 
Um, you know, they're getting Mike Soroka back at some point. The ace of their staff mm-hmm. tore up his Achilles uh, early in the season. So um, I think the NL, the NL is going to be more competitive than the American League again this season. Arash, uh, we've talked hockey with you. We've talked basketball with you. We've just talked baseball with you. Let's end off with some proper NFL talk. I know we only have so much time, but let's get into it for these uh, conference title games coming up this weekend. Any predictions for, for the AFC and the NFC? I know who I want. I'm just curious who you want. Um, do we know if Patrick Mahomes is going to play? It's a good question. Uh, latest reports have been he's just from Andy Reid saying he's just going through protoco- protocols. It's a good question, though. Concussion protocols. Right. I yep. mean, that's if, if Patrick Mahomes is playing, it's a lot different than if Chad Henney's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I thought coming in the playoffs that Green Bay and Tampa were the best two teams in the NFC. Here they are in the NFC title game. The quarterback play for the Buccaneers has to be better. The quarterback play last night in that game in the Superdome was, was brutal. Uh, there's one team that has home field advantage, real home field advantage in these playoffs. That's Green Bay. Tampa's a warm weather team. They're going into cold, windy, you know, I'm, I don't know if it's going to snow. I don't know if there's going to be freezing rain, whatever. That's, that's going to be a significant home field advantage. Going into KC for Buffalo, it's, yeah, there are some fans, but, you know, the conditions there would be no different than they were in Western New York. So I, I, I'm really, uh, the Bills have been an incredible story. Josh Allen's legit. Adding digs has been so fun. Um, but I really believe the best four teams coming into the playoffs and throughout the playoffs are playing for a chance at the Super Bowl. Arash, by the way, uh, I just had to pull this up uh, from a uh, beat writer for the Athletic, Matt Schneidman, for uh, Green Bay, a uh, 40% chance of snow, temperatures in the mid-20s in terms of Fahrenheit. Uh, I do not have the capabilities to calculate that, but I imagine that is going to be very, very cold. Um, you, you, I just want to end with this. Uh, you alluded to the fact earlier on in our interview that uh, you are a Columbus Bl- Blue Jackets fan, and uh, I know you're also a Minnesota Vikings fan. Could you give us a little backstory on why you're fans of those two teams? Uh, apparently, I'm a sucker for punishment. I like misery. Um, <laughs> the Vikings, I had no choice in the matter. That was in the womb. Uh, my uh, my parents uh, emigrated to North America to do grad school, and way back in the uh, way back in the late '70s, when they first came here, that's when the Vikings were actually good and getting to Super Bowls. They'd always be on TV, and my dad liked Fran Tarkenton, and they'd always be around. So. Um, I had a Vikings pennant above my crib when I was, uh, when I was a kid and, uh, I got infected with this terminal illness of being a Vikings fan then. So what I have now done since guys is that if any of my friends, if any of my family members, cousins, uh, my sister has a daughter who's six months old now, all of them now have Vikings infant clothes, baby clothes, children's clothes. I am passing on this horrible <laughs> disease to as many young children as possible. Oh, no. Because I have gone through this purple misery. I want all of them to experience this too. This, this, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's it's right. It's not at all. It's not at all. But there's, there's a feeling of satisfaction and having friends of yours and family members of yours 
be beyond agitated with you that anytime Uncle Larash shows up, he's got a purple Vikings outfit with horns on it for their child. I'm I'm sorry for your family. Why do I feel like I'll be in the same? Uh, why do I feel like I'll be in the same situation uh, when my family begins to grow with the Bengals, Julian? I, I feel like there's some parallels there. I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> this is going to be terrible for my family. Uh, can All you tell us quick? Oh God, could you tell us quickly about the Blue Jackets, though? I know it's a bit of a long story. Uh, the Blue Jackets one is a very long story, but it really the, the short version of it. I was in Columbus. Uh, and I was at the R bar directly next to the arena. I was there for work. I'm in a suit. And a guy came over to me dressed head to toe in jackets gear with a construction helmet. Found out I worked for sports. And at that time, uh, Doug McLean was a colleague of ours who was the first president of the jackets. And he stood there, this man, and he ranted for half an hour about every wrong move that Doug made. Now, this is when the Kings were rocking and rolling. He's like, we could have had Kopitar, but no, no, that bleep went and drafted Gilbert Brule. Anyway, he just finished this incredible rant, and I just looked at him, and it was like watching myself talking about the Vikings. I looked at him, I'm like, bro, I'm not even a hockey fan, but you just made me a Columbus Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> and what's great is living in Toronto, being surrounded by Leaf fans. I have lived in Toronto now for 12 years. The Blue Jackets have two series wins, playoff series wins, and the Leafs have zero. <laughs> and last spring, the mighty Blue Jackets took down the Maple Leafs, and I walked around downtown Toronto on a Monday, on a beautiful sunny Monday in the summer, rocking my Blue Jackets t-shirt. Um, Oh, man. Yeah, I got a lot of glares that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, look, I, I wasn't kidding, guys. Arash Madani is an absolute pro, and uh, he's a great storyteller as well. Sportsnet's Arash Madani, uh, the latest guest on the Waterboys podcast. Thank you so much for spending time with us and talking all things sports with us on this episode. All right, boys. Always good. Stay safe out there. Special thank you to Arash Badani of Sportsnet for joining us on this week's edition of the Waterboys podcast. That pretty much does it for, for Frank and myself for this week's edition of the show. Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. We drop them every Tuesday at noon. Uh, subscribe, leave a rating wherever possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at the Waterboys WM on Twitter and on Instagram. It's the it is the Waterboys underscore podcast uh, on Instagram. I got that right, right? Twitter, you nailed it. The Waterboys WM Instagram, yep. the Waterboys underscore podcast. You got it. I gotta I gotta make sure I keep I gotta make sure I'm up to date on all of our socials, right? Uh, I don't want to be that guy who's all like, uh, yeah, go follow us on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know where we are on Twitter. That's that's basically it. Uh, keep it locked here for, for more great content. Next Tuesday at noon Eastern, a new episode of this podcast will drop. Uh, for Frank Pavan, I'm Julie McKenzie. So long, everybody. Bye.